are listening to Fuel for Thought, a Houston Clean Cities Coalition podcast. Clean Cities is generously funded by the Department of Energy and hosted within the Houston-Galveston Area Council. Here are our hosts, Andrew DeCandis, Gilbert Washington, and Ben Finley. Take it away, Andrew. Hello, and welcome to HJC's Fuel for Thought. I'm Andrew DeCandis, one of the co-coordinators for the Houston-Galveston Clean Cities Coalition. Today I'm joined by our coalition staff members, Gilbert Washington. Hello. And Ben Finley. Great to be here, Andrew. Today we'll hear from Patrick Mandapaka, the Assistant Director of Transportation of the Houston-Galveston Area Council and the Metropolitan Planning Organization for the Houston region. And he also happens to be one of our bosses. And in full disclosure, and you'll learn this more later on, all three of us wear multiple hats. For instance, we are all employed by the Houston-Galveston Area Council. We call it HGAC to help with air quality planning and coordinate various air quality work within the region. I'm also with the Air Quality Group at HGAC. When I'm not doing clean cities tasks, I'm helping to run a few grant programs that focus on NOx reduction. Primarily, the programs help subrecipients replace older heavy-duty diesel-powered vehicles with newer and cleaner technology. I'm also with Air Quality at HGAC. I'm the utility player, helping with planning, outreach, subcommittees, grant programs, and most importantly, keeping Ben roped in. And we really do need to reiterate that Clean Seas is not technically a subcommittee of HGAC, but a federal program from the U.S. Department of Energy made up of regional stakeholders and hosted by HGAC. Yes, what happens is the Department of Energy offers funding to some regions to establish a coalition. However, to earn the funds, the coalition has to accomplish a few tasks. You may think that we are federal employees when we are working our clean cities duties. Andrew, why don't I have one of those cushy federal employee retirement packages? Because you're not a federal employee, Ben. DOE sends the funding for the Clean Cities to the local partner, in our case, HGAC. So when we work for Clean Cities, we are still employees of HGAC, but working through a separate funding source. Now that we have tracked the money, let's go deeper into what we do with it. Think of the Clean Cities program as a nationwide club where each club chapter is called a coalition. The national level allows each coalition to mold itself around local issues specific to the region. However, we must still satisfy directives set at the national level. This ensures that all coalitions have the same direction while striving towards solving local issues. Yes, education and outreach regarding alternative fuels is one of our national goals. Traditionally, the Clean City Coalition hosts a convention to satisfy this requirement. However, we're realizing that our audience tends to be the same people year after year, which is great. Don't get me wrong, but we are hoping that podcasting will reach new people who may be interested in alternative fuel issues. And this also helps with our national fight against the coronavirus as well. We anticipate that creating podcasts will help us reach additional listeners, as Gilbert said. But let's step back a bit. Ben, can you help explain the Clean Cities Coalition in a nutshell? I don't think I can do it in a nutshell, but let's look at the structure and see where we can go from there. As mentioned before, the Clean Cities Coalition program originates with the Department of Energy. 
The intention is to build up partnerships between government entities, local businesses, and advocates in order to progress the use of alternative fuels in our region, such as propane, CNG, LNG, biodiesel, and even electricity. The idea is that when we advance these fuels, we will also help to support the nation's energy supply, improving our economy, and even generate and promote fuel-saving technologies and practices. And that's right, Ben. Let's go ahead and hear Mr. Mandapaka's view on the Clean Cities Coalition and how it relates to HGAC. Well, Patrick, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk with us today. Let's start with who you are and what you do at HGAC. Thank you, Andrew. I'm uh, Patrick Mandapaka. I'm Assistant Director of Transportation Department or the Metropolitan Planning Organization at Houston-Galveston Area Council. Houston-Galveston Area Council is a voluntary association of local governments or a regional forum for cooperative action of local governments in 13-county region. Houston-Galveston Area Council also serves as a metropolitan planning organization for eight-county region. The eight counties include Brazoria County, Chambers, Fort Bend, Galveston, Harris, Liberty, Montgomery, and Waller counties. MPO is designated by governor in 1974 as a metropolitan planning organization for the Houston-Galveston region. The HGAC region includes over 7 million residents. It includes two Texas Department of Transportation districts, over 120 local governments, as well as four deep water ports in Gulf Coast. And as MPO, we are charged to work on the regional transportation plan, as well as transportation improvement program for the eight-county region. Thank you, Patrick. And before moving on, I just sort of wanted to give a little background to our listeners about the relationship between the Houston-Galveston Area Council, HGAC, and the Houston-Galveston Clean Cities Coalition. And while Clean Cities is a national organization that's based out of the U.S. Department of Energy, the network is relying on local partners in various regions throughout the country to help build partnerships with local industry and other stakeholders and to share information and best practices as subject matter experts. And in Houston, this partner is HGAC, which is why we're talking to Patrick today. So all that being said, how do you see the Houston-Galveston Clean Cities Coalition as supporting HGAC's mission within the region? Houston-Galveston Area Council and the coalition share similar enough goals that it was a natural choice for HGAC to be the host. Primarily, HGAC efforts to improve air quality dovetail strongly with Clean Cities efforts to improve transportation efficiency through the promotion of alternative fuels and best practices. These efforts help to improve air quality and may help our region to meet its emission reduction goals. Now, Clean Cities coalitions, they tend to be housed in metropolitan areas. And as you've mentioned, our metropolitan area has an issue with the eight-hour ozone standard, meaning that we exceed this standard. Is that correct? That's true, but we have seen a trend in declining eight-hour ozone throughout our region. I believe that our Environmental Protection Agency monitored value has declined from 103 parts per billion in 2006 to where we are now, 79 parts per billion. Last year, we were at 81 parts per billion, and this year, we'll be even lower. 
at any rate, we are seeing a great declining trend line. So naturally, the Clean Cities Coalition would like to take some credit for that, and I think we can. But truth be told, we're only one tool in the ozone reduction toolbox within the region. Would you be willing to discuss some of the other tools in this toolbox? Sure. My focus is on transportation projects in our region. These projects may range from reducing congestion by helping the connectivity of our road system to encourage reduction of single occupancy vehicle travel. One of our current projects is helping AGAC regional partners with a project called North Houston Highway Improvement Project Plan. Our staff is looking at unique issues regarding the study that may affect the surrounding neighborhoods and school districts. We think we can help out by identifying some sustainable strategies that can be used and to get us back on track, suggest grant opportunities to school districts to replace diesel-powered buses with clean equipment to help us lower ozone emissions. I personally like lowering emissions in specific areas where we know children will be around. Their lungs and health tend to be really susceptible to some of the problems that ozone can cause such as asthma, emphysema, and also chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, or what we call COPD. And this project is just getting underway now, is that correct? The study is getting started. We are going out with a request for proposals for consultant assistance, but various stakeholders and partners are working on the planning study as we go. So the study is already in progress. Okay, great. Hopefully we'll be able to hear more about that next year or a little bit after that. So one thing that government entities sometimes get criticized about is that they don't listen to the public. Is that something that you think is fair? That's true. I don't think public realizes how many opportunities they have to give input. Just like all government entities by law, the MPO has to follow rather strict public outreach procedures and policies. AGAC has increased our focus in obtaining public outreach over the past few years and have an established programs that focus on public outreach. Receiving public input is important and vital to our planning process. In fact, as we have seen in the North Houston Highway Improvement Project, government entities are willing to extend public comment deadlines and host additional public forums and opportunities to provide public input to make sure that everyone feels that they have fair chance to provide their thoughts. To tie this back to Clean Cities Coalition, Government entities share public comments with each other. Information exchange between local coalitions and national clean cities allows Houston to share our own successes and helps region to learn about the successes of others. This exchange of information will be very helpful in entities such as Department of Energy, the Federal Highway Administration, and TxDOT develop grant funding opportunities that public comments have identified. So let's pivot over to the Clean Cities Coalition. What function do you think Clean Cities plays in our region? What do you believe that this coalition means to the people and businesses and other stakeholders within our region? I see our Clean Cities Coalition playing several roles in our region. First, it is advocacy group for alternative vehicles, but it has a fantastic twist of not promoting one alternative fuel over another. And the advocacy is uniquely founded on a desire to reduce demand for traditional fuels, thereby creating better management of diesel and gasoline. Second, I think, is the most valuable. Our Clean Cities Coalition provides forum for regional businesses and government entities to learn from issues of converting fleets to alternative fuels. 
where people are aware of the costs and benefits associated with fueling costs. Sometimes they're unaware of the cost savings, such as maintenance, as well as vehicle lifespan. Also, our Clean Cities Coalition is very helpful in finding grant funding to help fleet managers transition their fleet to alternative fuels. Also, lastly, we cannot forget that we have an obligation to report our regional effort to the Department of Energy. Also, our regional coalition handles all the federal requirements placed upon us, such as reporting an inventory list, reporting the prices of the alternative fuel, educating stakeholders as well. This may not sound as important as the other two examples, but it is indeed very important. Some of the uh, alternate fuels we discuss at the Clean Cities Coalition include propane, CNG, electric, and biofuels. Do you happen to have a favorite? I would uh, rather not to pick one as my favorite. Many of these are making the region better in terms of improving air quality. So I would say that Each one has unique benefits and drawbacks ranging from fuel abundance or cost of fuel, cost of vehicle, maintenance of engine, access to refueling, the power of the engine, or several other issues that each of these alternative fuels may have or they could provide advantages as well. It is a lot for fleet managers to digest all this information and make informed decisions on what alternative fuel to choose. But if a manager puts in the time, I'm certain that he or she will find an option that fits their fleet purposes. That being said, I think we should keep an eye on the market and the market is trending to electric vehicles, at least for personal vehicles specifically. I expect this will be amplified if we move towards autonomous cars. But it's important to remember the Clean Cities Coalition isn't just for personal vehicles. It covers heavy-duty vehicles, school buses, construction equipment, forklifts, almost anything with an engine. That's an interesting comment, almost anything with an engine. What does that mean specifically? Yes, the transportation system in the Houston-Galveston region includes planes, trains, and ships, in addition to regular automobiles and cars or personal vehicles. I don't see these larger vehicles using alternative fuels just yet. However, that's what we said before ships and trains switched from coal. Actually, perhaps it is time for the train and shipping industries to join the coalition. It would be interesting to hear these issues and also their concerns of switching from alternative fuels, then see where coalition can help. Perhaps it is time to include alternative fueled vehicle replacements and discussing freight issues as well. Well, thank you, Patrick. And we certainly hope to uh, find that as the years progress, so will our Clean Cities Coalition. We also have one other question that we often ask. Are there any questions that you wish that we had asked you? Of course, climate change is one thing we probably did not say much with this program. Is there any nexus there, any connection with all the flooding this region has? Air quality, of course, could have some effects on sea level rise and and going forward, you're experiencing flooding in this region, not only this, everywhere in the world, and helping better air quality might reduce those things, uh, or at least not to worsen that going forward. I know I'm probably trending into areas where there may or may not be fully scientific conclusions or agreement on. Climate change is somewhat debatable in that region, right? Is that fairly non-controversial agreement that doing air quality programs might uh, reduce or, or stop the raise in sea level? 
it's certainly very clear that there are knock-on effects from the work that we do with our emission reductions, that there's always multi-pollutant effect. We work specifically concerned with NOx, but one of the things, you know, when we do our PM 2.5 work, we know that anything that improves NOx will also improve PM 2.5 and also has an effect on CO2. So there is certainly some effect. And I know that that's, you know, as a region, we're pushing more towards being involved with CO2 emissions reductions. That's sort of a developing thing, certainly with the work with the city of Houston. And I know Harris County, they've got a similar thing going. But all that ties in strongly with resiliency, you know, like you said, and the sea level rise and increased instances of hurricanes and other sort of effects resulting from global climate change. That's one area I think you could make a tie as Clean Cities program because we are coastal region. We're seeing increased number of hurricanes heading our way or specifically this year to Louisiana. But at least in the global scale, they are very close to either Texas or Louisiana heading here, just taking turns and choosing between those two states. We had record number of those hurricanes happen this year. If that can be somewhat attributed to the uh, increase in temperature, which is causing hurricanes to bubble up in the Gulf Coast, and if improving air quality might help to have at least lower number of hurricanes heading our way or lower number of hurricanes in general and have lesser number of flooding events as a result. I think being the coastal region, reducing that impact is really critical for us. And also residents that live in coastal areas in Galveston County, Brazoria County, that minute level of sea level rise might have an impact whether they can live in their home or not. Exactly. And there's also a huge impact on the infrastructure that HGAC works to build, you know, and an impact on how HGAC works to plan that infrastructure and what projects meet specific criteria and what projects should be built or shouldn't be built specifically because of those resiliency issues. Absolutely. Well, Patrick, I just want to say thank you very much for taking the time to talk with us today. I think this is an interesting and insightful conversation. I appreciate you taking the time. Andrew, thank you very much for the opportunity to talk to your listeners and talk more about the Clean Cities Coalition today. It's a very key initiative in the uh, spectrum of transportation programs and projects we have in the region. It is making an impact on the air quality and quality of life of over 7 million residents in this region. I really appreciate the opportunity to speak to our listeners today. Thank you very much, Patrick. And really, thank you for taking the time. We appreciate it. great interview. Lots of good stuff there. What advice can you give us for conducting our interviews? No advice here, Gilbert, or I would reassure you that the people we'll be interviewing will actually want to talk. Let's have a membership shout out. Today we wish to acknowledge Green's Blue Flame Gas, celebrating over 50 years of providing reliable and trustworthy propane delivery to commercial and residential customers in the greater Houston area. Check out their website at greensblueflame.com. Once again, that's greensblueflame.com. And this brings us to what I hope will become our favorite part of the podcast, our free-for-all forum. 
The Free For All Forum is where the three of us will chat about Clean Cities topics, events, and minutia. The three of us have a unique perspective, and I've really enjoyed our free flow discussions. Today I want to start with the concept of air quality. I think it's very apropos that we each work in air quality outside of our Clean Cities duties. Naturally, there are going to be some overlapping goals. Where we do make a conscious effort to keep our air quality goals at an arm length distance to our clean cities duties, do you feel as if that we keep enough separation between the two, or is there enough room to try to bring them closer together? Well, I feel that uh, HGAC and uh, clean cities efforts, while they very much focus on different topics, one focusing on fuels versus the other air quality, that the two naturally support the same goals. The Clean Cities program focuses on decreasing the use of petroleum through alternative fuels and increased efficiency, and that efficiency leads directly to improvements in air quality. HGAC takes other approaches to efficiency improvement, whether that's through decreasing congestion uh, and improving the region's transportation network, or replacing older vehicles with either newer vehicles or alternative fueled vehicles. So in return, Clean Cities influences HGAC's programs by helping to broaden our program scope and ensuring that our region's efforts, specifically when it comes to alternative fuels, remain fuel neutral. In addition to those influences, one of the things that Patrick mentioned was HGAC's willingness to share its resources with our coalition. I think that's a huge benefit of working within a local government agency. We have the capability to approach local, state, or national stakeholders with a cosign from one of the largest MPOs in the country. But here's a question for you guys. We frequently refer to our coalition members as stakeholders. Why are they stakeholders and not just members? Since HGC is at its heart a planning organization, we want to ensure that all of the people we work with in our planning development, we want to show them that they aren't just residents, they aren't just members of the community. They're stakeholders in everything that we do. And uh, when looking at our stakeholders, Ben or Gilbert, uh, what, what group of people do you wish that we had more of involved in our efforts? I've always been a fan of the non-traditional decision makers. I'd like to see representation of alternative fuel mechanics. They could shed some light on the quality, maintenance, and true use of these engines. I agree with Ben. I'd also like to see end users be more involved with clean cities because at the end of the day, they will benefit the most from the work and they should have a say. Before we close this episode, let me ask you two, what is your favorite aspect of clean cities? I've always enjoyed producing multiple benefits from one action. I can see where shifting to more alternative fuels can help conserve gas and diesel fuel sources, help improve air quality in our region, provide businesses new opportunities in fuel management, and help our advocates expand their cause. And I really enjoy this program because I think that it helps us as, um, as a planning agency. You know, we really focus uh, often on certain organizations and folks that we're, we're used to working with. The Clean Cities program really helps us get out and meet new stakeholders who we wouldn't normally be able to approach or interact with. You know, I really enjoy that. Also, DOE has a, a lot of resources that we as planners don't necessarily have access to. And so I think all in all, the Clean Cities program has been a, a huge boon for our organization and our efforts to improve air quality.
And with that, we would like to thank you for listening to HGAC's Fuel for Thought. Join us for our next episode, where we'll dive further into the Clean Cities program and try to provide a basis for our episodes to come. You have been listening to Fuel for Thought, a podcast of the Houston Clean Cities Coalition, hosted within the Houston-Galveston Area Council. Our special guest was Mr. Patrick Mandapaka from HGAC's Metropolitan Planning Organization. All music and sound effects were provided by Mixpad Masters from the NCH software. Oh, I guess we should have stopped recording ages ago. <laughs> <laughs>